0: Support for KNKX comes from Portage Bay Cafe, now offering hot breakfast platters for business meetings and corporate events with delivery throughout greater Seattle. Portage Bay Cafe emphasizes local organic ingredients from Pacific Northwest farmers and distributors. Portagebaycafe.com.
1: Welcome to the KNKX Studio Sessions. I'm Abe Beeson, and today we welcome the return of the world's greatest two-trombone, two-trumpet quartet, the Westerlies, formed in 2011 by four childhood friends from Seattle who'd moved to New York. Uh, The Westerlies have been described as folk-like and composerly, lovely and intellectually rigorous, I just think of them as a unique ensemble of modern brass voices stretching the boundaries of their instruments while having a whole lot of fun. The band's third album, Wherein Lies the Good, is coming out at the end of January. We couldn't be happier to welcome them back to the KNKX studios. Willem DeCook and Andy Clausen on trombones, Riley Mulherker and Chloe Rollins playing trumpets. Let's hear it for the Westerlies. <laughs> The Westerlies in the studios here at 88.5 KNKX. Westerlies in the studios here at 88.5 KNKX, Chloe Rollins and Riley Mulherker on trumpets Willem DeCook and Andy Clausen on trombones, great to have you back in our studios everyone a second visit for the Westerlies in our studios it is the first for Chloe Rollins. Chloe tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like joining this band, this isn't just another jazz uh, quartet or quintet, uh, I'm sure there were some, uh, some tricky uh, tips you got from these players about how to work yourself in, how did that go?
0: Yeah, it was very exciting joining this group. I've uh, known all of them since high school actually, so I've been familiar with the group for a very long time and uh, I feel like it was a very easy fit because our sensibilities on uh, these brass instruments are very similar um, and uh, these sensibilities are maybe a bit different than what you'd normally see brass musicians. approaching these instruments. So it was it was a pretty uh, seamless transition, I
1: think. Now, not only uh, are you playing in a different way uh, in this band, but uh, also composing. Uh, this has always been a, a very composerly group, uh, wonderful songwriters, and I wonder if your composing style had to adjust for this band.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are certain uh, challenges that you face when composing for a group like this, rather than composing for a standard jazz ensemble with a rhythm section, because, you know, you don't have a pianist who can just lay out the chords, you kind of have to arrange it and orchestrate it so that um, the harmony is uh, played by just the four of us. So, you know, I, I brought in a piece uh, that we recorded on our upcoming album, Wherein Lies the Good, um, entitled Lori, which I originally um, wrote for a standard jazz ensemble. So I kind of had to take some of the thicker, denser harmonies and, and sort of um, change it and make it a little simpler to, to fit in with, with this and actually kind of
1: like how it turned out even more with, with that, which is cool. Uh, Wherein Lies the Good is the new record coming out on January 31st. Uh, I would love to hear uh, about the concept behind this album. It had been a little bit of time since your previous record. Uh, Was there an overarching theme, or was this just uh, the collection uh, of songs the Westerlies had ready to go, Riley?
2: Sure, thanks Abe. Um, It had been a while, you know, we put out our last record in fall of 2016 and the time just sort of flew by we got you know we were busy doing a lot of collaborative projects we worked with dave douglas who was a total trumpet hero of ours and uh the band fleet foxes another seattle group and before we knew it years had gone by since we had put out quartet music and we had a whole bunch of songs that we had just been chipping away at over the years some of these were original compositions some of these were arrangements of um folks like robin holcomb seattle composer who composed the title track of the piece uh, or of the record wherein lies the good um songs by people we love like arthur russell and judy sill so it was really a, a hodgepodge of songs but all music that was really dear to our hearts and all music that after a few years went by we felt pretty urgently that we had to get it out into the world because it meant so much to us so the record spans a Broad scope of music, um, but the through line is sort of where it lies in our heart, um, hence the title, Where It Lies the Good.
1: <laughs> I would love to hear about uh, the title track. It is kind of the centerpiece of the album. A lot of the songs are running about two, three, maybe four minutes. Um, Robin Holcomb's Wherein Lies the Good at 14 and a half. Um, t- uh, who would like to tell us a little bit about this piece? Willem, uh, Robin Holcomb's Wherein Lies the Good.
3: I think, uh, as was the case with a lot of the songs on the record, as Riley said, they, they were it was all music that was very dear dear to us because we would be uh, listening to it in the tour van or on composer retreats. It it would be on while we were cooking dinner or spending time together. And uh, Robin Holcomb is is a really astonishing uh, voice and and composer and and she obviously is, is close to us based on our our relationship with her growing up here in Seattle and uh, the way that she weaves a lot of different American musical traditions from folk music to more contemporary classical, uh, really resonated with what we do here as a quartet. So, uh, the piece seemed like a really natural fit and, um, it was originally composed for solo piano. So it was a huge challenge to try to arrange <laughs> it for the four of us. And, uh, kind of a a monster task to tackle a 14-minute long piece, but it's been a really rewarding process.
1: I can't wait to hear it. I got an early copy of the CD in my hands as we speak. I'm also very curious about how the album was recorded because I've seen uh, the Westerlies so often um, pulling off this incredible mix acoustically all together at once, and I wonder if in the recording studio you decided to record the same way, or were all the horns separated? Um, Andy, how how did that recording process
4: work? the recording process is really fun for us and we've had the pleasure of working on this record and our most our previous record with this great producer named Jesse Lewis who happens to be a Garfield High School alumni and a <laughs> former trumpet player. But he is an absolute sonic wizard. So uh, when we do record, we're all in the same room and we try to create the energy of us playing live as much as possible. Um, but what he does is he captures everything in such vivid detail. He'll have like three mics on each of our horns he will (laughs) have a dozen mics around the room and so you really get like a 3d immersive sonic experience um from the recording so uh it's primarily just us playing in room there's a few tracks where you might hear some additional textures or sounds that uh i don't want to give too much away but uh we tried to create a hyper real sonic experience with this record
1: <laughs> i'm trying to I gotta crack the cd open a minute you guys leave for a a crew of northwest kids chloe growing up in arizona the move to new york city uh must be a big influence on the way this band's sound has adjusted chloe i wonder if you could talk a little bit about how living the jazz life in uh in the big apple uh affects the sound of this group
0: yeah i mean um you know, New York is a very hectic and sort of uh, crazy city to live in, and uh, that sort that energy definitely has. Uh, I mean, at least from from my own my own voice uh, compositionally, um, that energy definitely seeps into into what what comes out. And uh, you know, there's also this sort of drive that you get when you live in New York City because of all because how how many incredible musicians live there. So it's it's just um, you really feel driven to um, to just practice and compose and, and work all the time. Um, and, yeah, I think it's it's really affected, at least the way I play.
1: Um, yeah. The Westerlies are back in Seattle. It seems like just about every time they come through town, perhaps not on this stop, uh, they're involved with uh, with jazz students in some way. And that's always thrilling for me to see uh, the, the look on kids' faces when they get to work with jazz stars. Um, Riley, I wonder if you could talk about um, your youth and uh, opportunities you had to work with professional musicians and what that meant to you.
2: Yeah, well... First of all, Abe, thank you for proclaiming us jazz stars. I think we're going to throw that in our bio. (laughs) Um, But it's it's such a part of what we do, and it's such a part of how we grew up uh, here in Seattle. The music education scene is pretty unparalleled, especially as we go around the country touring and um, meeting students from all over. It only makes us more grateful for what we had growing up. I know that for me, the inspiration to play trumpet and to play jazz came from seeing my babysitters play in the Garfield High School band when I was in second grade, third grade, and um, the more we can get in front of students, especially students in Seattle, uh, whether it's stopping in schools, whether it's things like Westerly's Fest, which we—it's a festival that we started in town, um, it really is an integral part of, of what we do. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think just as much as we try to give back to the city that raises us, we find so much um, joy and inspiration. And hearing what the students are up to, actually, just uh, a year or a year and a half ago, we stopped in Washington Middle School to see what they were up to, and they had full—they had a full concert band arrangement of our song, "Cero," that they surprised us with, and it basically brought us to tears. So um, it's it, it you know just keeps giving back to us, um, and we try to keep giving back to the city.
1: Now, in uh, preparing myself for the show, I was looking over the Westerlies mission statement. Something caught my eye about your uh, your energy uh, working to cultivate global community. And uh, it seems like you've got a great New York community going on and then come back home, a wonderful uh, Northwest community. Um, Will, I wonder if you could talk about that, uh, the need to, to expand that community even more to all corners of the world.
3: Sure. Uh, I think so much of our approach to the music we make and who we are as a band was developed in, our, in, in living rooms because But when we first started out and no one would give us a gig we'd give ourselves a gig and invite our friends over to Andy and Riley's Harlem apartment and host these concerts in our living room and, and I think um, it was mostly fellow musicians and students and, and you know our friends, our, our local community uh, so I, I think that energy is something that we strive to bring to every space that we play in um, from the most intimate to the the biggest concert halls that we've encountered, um, we generally try to draw the listener in and and welcome them welcome them into our space in a way that feels personal and rather than. Uh, commercial or,
1: or something else like that. Right. Now, all the members of the Westerlies are very busy working in various projects of their own and with other folks, um, but there's something special and unique when uh, when these four folks come together, and I wonder if there's anybody else out there trying to do this. Uh, Andy, is it just the Westerlies and the Resterlies? There's just, like, nobody else doing it?
4: As, as far as we know, there is not another working group of this instrumentation. However, it's been pretty inspiring and exciting for us to see like student groups and videos on YouTube popping up of covers of some of our songs. There was a actually an entire marching band field show with like a hundred musicians and flag dancers and all sorts of things choreographed to one of our pieces. So it's wild to see the music spreading beyond just the quartet, but we love it. The
1: influence of this band continues to grow. Um, I mentioned the Holiday Bash tonight. It's going down at the uh, the Knife Room at Cafe Nordo. And uh, it seems like uh, this would be a great band to play holiday tunes. Uh, the brassiness, the kind of chamber jazz sound of it lends itself to holiday tradition. Um, but a lot of people are very kind of one way or the other on Christmas tunes, you love them or you hate them, and I wonder where it comes down for the musicians in this band, Riley rises, raises his hand. Well,
2: as the biggest advocate in this group for <laughs> holiday music, um, I, you know, it, holiday music has a special place in my heart um, just because I, I love the feeling in the holidays and the sort of the, the spirit of all these values that, that we sometimes wait until the holiday season to enact or remember of coming together of, um, you know, singing together and, and bringing to the together community. And so there are all these songs in all sorts of um, world cu- cultures and uh, types of repertoire that share this common thread of um, they're often songs that are meant for larger groups to to come together. And and um, whether that means caroling door to door, whether that means singing in a church, or whether that means, you know, busking on the street, all sorts of holiday music shares this uh, common thread. And so we've put together some tricky arrangements that we're going to share with our Seattle uh, folks tonight. Some a little bit more standard, some a little bit more surprising. I mean, even s- someone like Thelonious Monk wrote a holiday song <laughs> called The Merrier Christmas. Um, so so there's a lot in there to draw from, and we just uh, can't get enough of the joy that is encapsulated in all of it. Right
1: on. There is a, a lot of uniqueness, as I've been saying, about the Westlies One of those is the band is a non-profit group. They've got a board of directors and they have uh, yearly um, uh, reports that come out to talk about their finances. I'm actually interested to talk to Chloe about this. As a new member of the band, uh, what does it mean to uh, to a musician to be part of a non-profit group uh, that has a, a, this kind of uh, system working?
0: Yeah, it's... Definitely the first um, time for me that I've ever been in um, a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. Um, most other groups that I plan are, you know, their only focus is is just uh, how are we going to make money, how are we going to sell our music, and um, when you're a nonprofit, it, you kind of um, can focus beyond that and focus on. What is your mission? What are you trying to accomplish in the world? And uh, it's it feels very meaningful being able to do that and not just focusing on how are we going to make as much money as we can. But, um, you know, this goes into forming community. And um, because we're a nonprofit, we get to focus on the educational aspect that we do so much. and. Uh, It just feels so powerful and and meaningful to be able to focus on that.
1: Yes, and full disclosure, the news director here at KNKX, Florangela Davila, is on the board of the Westerlies, so we want to get that out there. And coming up right around the corner, as uh, we said, it'll kind of work as uh, the Seattle record release show for Wherein Lies the Good. Westerlies Fest is right around the corner in early February. Who wants to give us a little preview of that? Willem?
3: Yeah, we're really excited about this year's festival. Uh, this is the, the second time that we've done it. The first time uh, was was in the fall of 2018. Uh, we had to move it to February because we didn't want to step on any uh, earshot people's toes. Well played. Uh, and we lo- we love John. We love the Earshot Jazz Festival. And we think there's a lot of room in this city for good music. Um, so we're, we have a really eclectic lineup, as usual. I think with our programming, we try to focus on some local artists, some non-local artists, some some jazz, some not jazz. Um, This year, we have a couple of poets coming out from New York, Phil K. and Sarah K., who do some really interesting spoken word work. Uh, We have a brilliant songwriter and guitarist in the sort of blues, rock, and roll genre named Celise Henderson. Uh, We'll be featuring her at the Royal Room one night, and then, of course, we will have a whole evening dedicated to the music of Robin Holcomb. So at the Chapel Performance Space, we'll be teaming up with Robin and... uh, presenting some of her music and, and of course, uh, the title track from our new album, Wherein Lies the Good. Uh, so so we got a lot of good stuff in store, as well as all the uh, usual in-school residency activities and, and some of the educational work that uh, we did last year. We'll, we'll, of course, be doing again this year. So looking forward to February.
1: Always great to have the Westerlies back home in the Northwest, really looking forward to the new record, Wherein Lies the Good, comes out uh, January 31st in the new year, and uh, now let's get back into the music. Uh, What would you like to play for our uh, third song today, Riley?
2: We're going to play, I mentioned Judy Sill earlier, she's one of our heroes, um, and sort of, you know, doesn't always get the love that she deserves. Uh, Great songwriter, singer, this is a song she wrote called The Kiss.
1: Chloe Rollins, Riley Mulherker on trumpets, Willem DeCook, and Andy Clausen on trombones, the Westerlies in the KNKX studios. The Westerlies in the KNKX studios with Chloe Rollins and Riley Mulherker on trumpets, Willem DeCook and Andy Clausen on trombones. The new record is coming out on January 31st, Wherein Lies the Good. Get ready for Westerlies Fest. It's right around the corner, February 3rd through the 9th. Thank you all so much for being here. This was a wonderful, wonderful time. Thanks so much, Abe. Thanks also to the members of our leadership circle and our audience today. Your generous contributions and the support of all the KNKX listeners make these performances possible. And you can dig into all of our studio session archives at knkx.org. Big thanks to our studio session sponsors, Portage Bay Cafe. And of course, thanks to John Kessler for his audio production. Wrapping up yet another exclusive KNKX studio session.